0: And we're joined this afternoon by our vet, Dr. Bob Stabler. Hello, how are you, Bob? Not too bad today. Good to see you again. Thank you for joining us.
1: That's okay. Beautiful weather.
0: You've got a great topic for us today, how to walk your dog properly. Safely. Safely, yes. Very important topic for Should be we'll very about interesting. About and most yeah. likely a few calls about it, I'd say. Yeah. And what about Denny? What have you got for us today, Denny Boz?
2: Well, Dave, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we had someone call up wanting some information on the West Highland Terriers. So I thought, let's get a local breeder that breeds the breed of dog that we're going to talk about to talk to us what the breed is like and uh, all the usual questions, what it's like to own it. So that's what we've got today.
0: Okay, we'll find out about that. That's all part of Pet Chat, plus your calls on 49216216. Our vet is with us. It's Dr. Bob Stabler, and we've got a great topic today. Let's have a talk about this one, please.
1: Yes, just walking your pet safely. I think it's really important that um, I say to people all the time, it's really like driving a car when you're walking your dog because you've got to look all around you. You've got to see what the dog's doing. You've got to see what might come up. Mm -hmm. Kids, skateboards, trees that sort of thing. Um, And looking at how the dog is responding to what's happening. Is there a cat under that car um, down the road? It's the
0: interaction with the other animals and other dogs and that it's something you've got to be very wary and careful of. And
1: especially walking in suburbia, unfortunately, there's quite a few people that leave their front gate open. So dogs rushing down the driveway towards you makes it um, a little bit more tricky if you do know where there's dogs in the front yard that will bark at you or whatever, just maybe cross to the other side of the street. It just, yeah, as long as you can do it safely, it's okay. There's lots of different harnesses and head halters and things these days. Personally, I prefer a chest harness mm-hmm. because it's pulling on the whole body. Um, check chains aren't nice. I wouldn't like to be choked every time I did something wrong. Head holders, not too bad, but again, you could get a chiropractic adjustment that might not actually be the right one when you're pulling the dog back to you, but for some big dogs you need to to do that. The important thing, I think, as well, is just to practice walking close to home. So five minutes, up a couple of houses, and back into the yard. That way the dog gets out, has a bit of a sniff, has a look around, enjoys the big outside world. And then goes back to the safety of the house. Mm. So for some animals, they they have like agoraphobia in people. They are scared to go out of the house or yard and they just drop to the ground. So if they do that, just, yeah, squat next to them, long, slow, gentle stroke, breathe deeply, help them to relax, help them to look around and show, show them it's not that scary and then just retreat back to the house if they do something like that. So, yeah, walking the dog is, it seems really easy. But it's really important to look at the big picture of what's around you and what might happen to your dog or to you if you're not uh, helping it to to do the right thing and be responsible. Is routine important when it comes to walking the dog? I think so. I think it's really good. And uh, just five minutes in the morning before you go to work. doesn't have to be half an hour. doesn't have to be an hour. And again, when you get home, you've been out and had fun. So the dog feels as though it wants to go out, have a bit of a look, see what's happening. And really, that just helps so much for their mental health. They get out, they have a bit of a a sniff. When you think about it, they've smelled their own backyard 20 times before breakfast, Mm. so it's pretty boring. And so they get out, they sniff what's happening, who's been in the street, their sense of smell 10,000 times better than ours. They pick up on what sort of dogs have gone past, whether that cat had fish for tea or or chicken, um, all sorts of different things like that. So it really is just a smorgasbord. It's like Google for dogs.
0: And will they get used to the rhythm of, of going out and the routine of doing it? Will they get used to that too and expect
1: it? They, they know our rhythms, our routines, um, and they certainly very much often people tell me their dog is waiting um, at the gate when they come home from work. Mm. Um, and so they love to go... For that little walk, and it doesn't have to be long, and that way you can fit it in. If I say to people half an hour, it's just so hard to fit that in these days. So five minutes, really, throw the joggers on, up a couple of houses, back in. Yeah. And and yeah, you don't have to throw a whole rigmarole of, of equipment on there, just a lead and a chest harness, and off they go. What do you think, Danny?
2: Well, I, I've had... Um Discussions with people who've bought my puppies in terms of walking. Yep. Um, and one other thing that Waimaranas are bred to run and they're endurance dogs. They can yep. hunt all day. And people read that and they yep. think that they can take the puppy and run 10Ks with yes, it.
1: Yes, yes.
2: But that's not going to work. No. And so I always recommend with um, the people who buy my puppies in regards to, look, it's great. They will be able to run with you, but wait till they're twelve months old. Yeah, let know, the bones that. form properly. Let the bones form properly. Otherwise, let the you can get some real big issues with yeah. that. Um, and it's and just common sense. really. It is common sense. It's,
1: it's just you know, if you've, you're a little, you're a small animal or whatever, or, then. You don't take the chihuahua for a 10K run. It, <laughs> no. it, it's just, yeah, little bits at a time. You can if you hold it <laughs> in a little well, back that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, as long as you're safely on the bike and you wear your bike helmet. Yes. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's just how would you, you know, feel if you're out in the middle of this road with all the trucks and buses and things going around. It really is quite scary when you think about it. The yeah. earlier you get them out there, to get them used to that as a puppy, as you've said, they're so much happier and more well-balanced, they are.
2: They are, and that is important from a puppy, even like with Weimaranas and they're supposed to be able to go uh, through lakes and water and all that. But if you don't teach that puppy from a young age to get into the water, they'll be very reserved as an adult. It's Mm. just
1: really difficult picking up that soggy ball, you know, that's got a little (laughs) saliva on it in your mouth to show it, to bring it back to you. (laughs) But, yeah, that's not really what we're talking about, is it? Walking. Okay, you've
0: done well. We're going to take a short break, 24 past 12. We'll be inviting your call. On 49216216 to talk to our vet Dr. Bob Stabler. 49216216 at 2NURFM for Pet Chat. Great to have your company. Our vet Dr. Bob is here and we're taking your calls on 49216216 saying hello to Tony who's at Fern Bay. Hello, Tony. How are you? I'm
3: well, thanks.
1: How can we help you today?
3: Um, Just acquired a toy poodle, 16 months old. We're just wondering can it be fed uh, cooked bones? My wife's got some lovely lamb chops. Making a stew out of one if we can give it the bones.
1: The problem with cook bones is that they splinter more, they get stuck in the mouth and they can actually cause bowel obstructions. So, so cook bones not. are a no no. Raw bones, raw meaty bones are good because it helps them to chew and, and clean their teeth. Right. Providing it's not a really old dog. So with only a dog that's a year and a bit, that's fine. For raw meaty bones, but unfortunately no cooked bones because of the potential danger of of trying to get that obstruction out of the bowel, which may be up to a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars by the time you look at anaesthetics and blood samples and theatre fees and IV fluids and X-rays and all sorts of things. So
0: yeah, okay, I, I just wondered about that. Thank you very no, much. No, that's fine. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, bye And we say good afternoon to Helen, who joins us now from Warners Bay. How are you today, Helen? I'm good,
4: thank you. I- a very strange question you'll probably think. I have two 17-week-old Dachshund, mini Dachshund puppies, yep. uh, two little girls, and they stick their mouths down each other's mouth. It's, and like into each other's mouth.
1: It's probably sort of partly very... A sort of it's a maternal instinct the puppies stick their mouth into the mother's mouth and and that stimulates in the wild situation the mother to regurgitate the the meal that it's um, gone out and hunted and brought back um, in puppies it's more just sort of play and they sort of yeah muck around, and with Daxies, you know, it's hard to know which, you know, how far away your tail end is. So it's a long way away, and so they're they're most likely playing. It's not a major issue. The difficulty with two girls together though, is that you may have some issues down the track with rivalry. So very important to feed totally separately and feed two or three times a day. So oh, the f- they
4: get fed. Yeah, they get fed um, breakfast, morning tea. Afternoon,
1: clean, and, you know, <laughs> that's good, but make sure they eat uh, are totally separate behind a locked door because food, people, doorways, toys and beds there may be some resource guarding issues mm-hmm. that happen um, as they grow older uh, it may happen around 6 months 12 months, 18 months uh, up until around 3 years of age um, if there's one that's really pushy it might be okay, but If they're sort of similar in personality, watch very closely. Always have one on either side of you and encourage them to be calm and sensible, long, slow strokes and help them to to settle down quickly rather than rousing each other up too much.
0: There you go, Helen. Thank you for your call. Now, our phone number, 49216216, if you'd like to be part of Pet Chat today. We're here for another half an hour until one o'clock, and we invite your calls. A free line waiting for you there right now, 49216216 for Pet Chat. Pet Chat this afternoon, if you'd like to give us a call, 49216216 is the phone number. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll get you on talking to our vet, Dr. Bob. He'd be able to offer some solution to your problem. And joining us right now, Bob, is Julie from Boorigal. Hello, Julie. How can I help you, Julie?
3: Um, Look, um, we we have two 18-month-old Maltese Shih Tzus, absolutely a delight, but they have, I think, this anxiety when we're out. They bark when we're out and leave them. Yep. Um, Sort of when we go away traveling in a van, if we are away at a certain time, we come back and someone has said, oh, your dogs have been barking, barking, so we don't know what to do to stop it. We've walked them for ages, we've... Give them toys with, so. It,
1: it, it is a bit tricky, Julie, because when you've got two, they tend to bounce off each other. So if one hears something, the other one goes, oh, what are you hearing? And, and both, so they both um, take yeah. off. So critically important to help them to practice calming down. So play and toy and run around and then sit, stay, drop with treats. Sometimes with two dogs, you may need to use reward-based training separately. So train one to be quiet while um, yeah, um husband has the other one in the, out the back and playing, and then swap them over. And so effectively, you're alternating excitement with, okay, practice self-control. And so that helps them to settle down. Barking really is not necessary. It's not a critical part of a dog's life um it's it's really good fun though cuz when they start to do it they get a an adrenaline high they get a um endorphins in the brain saying wow that was good fun let's chase the postie again and so in a van park when you think about it they're going from home which they know and have had learned over the last year and a bit to a whole new place you might stay 3 days to a week there they're trying to learn the routines of each of the van people that are around you, they might come in for a day or two and then take off again. So really, to an animal that's already anxious, it really flips them over the edge. So for us, it's good fun, we get to see a new place. But for them, it's just a bit overwhelming. So security blanket, leave the radio on, on your favourite radio station, of course, to NURFM when you're near here. And so that helps them to... do that. That's good. That's good because that radio is... Um, the songs that you like, you like the songs. Therefore, your body is relaxed. Your hormones and pheromones are happy. And so hopefully that helps them to settle down. Danny, you'd like to say something.
2: What, um, Dr. Bob, what do you think about like, your citri- Citroën L&O bark collars? We do have success rates with those.
3: What are they, Danny?
2: They're a product you can buy from your pet specialty store. And it's a, c- a collar with a sensor on it. As soon as the sensor... Um, senses that the dog is barking, it'll spray some citronella onto oh. the underneath of the jaw of the dog. Mm-hmm. Now, in a lot of cases, they do work. In some cases, they don't. But I, um, Dr. Bob believes a lot in behavioural training rather than using products. So I'll, I'll throw back to him.
1: He can see what my face is saying.
3: Yes, but you know what we we Bob Doctor, we've tried yep. lots of things that you're saying. Yep. that they're very responsive with lots of things. We yep. we actually get them to to sit. And then we'll walk for ages and we turn around and then we get them to come and they come, they stay, they're very responsive and very good. But like our daughter lives behind us and she'll say to me, Mum, we know when you're out, (laughs) the dogs are barking. And we just, you know, it's nothing worse than hearing dogs barking all the time.
1: No, the problem with the, the sorry Julie, the problem with the citronella and the lemon scented collars is that, sometimes you've got two dogs one might bark the other one the other collar actually goes off mm. and it's a punishment based thing so it's far better to try and help them you um sit out the front on the front veranda and when people go past you ask them to look at you you pay them to look at you and be calm and sensible um they might do it instead of a full bark they might do a bit of a, a grumble or a grump or something and so no no noise please thank you we can see it it's all okay um And so, yeah, as Danny said, sometimes they work okay, but really you've got to think of an animal as a really intelligent beast. Mm -hmm. They really do know what we're about to do, what's going to happen in routines, people that live near schools or bus stops. They really, yeah, they get very excited. The other thing, Julie, is um, does your daughter have any dogs that? Or yes, would she... she
3: has. They have a, a border collie that's very well behaved.
1: Oh, that's good. So, how about your two dogs go and um, have a play date with the border collie while you're out? Oh, that's, yes. It's,
3: yeah, actually, I'll bring the border collie down. They don't have a fence. That's a good idea.
0: Actually,
1: yes. Keep them okay. out of mischief. Yeah, they'll yeah, just they'll just the dig up the garden. <laughs>
0: All righty, hopefully that helps you out. We continue with calls. Our number is 49216216 if you'd like to be part of Pet Chat, 49216216. We're joined now by Wayne from Wadalba.
3: Oh, mate, how you doing?
1: Good. How can I help you, Wayne? Is,
3: is there a really safe way to walk a dog at all?
1: It is hard because you've when got to keep... You've got to keep looking at all the different things that are happening, and you've got to be careful of cars too, mate, because when you're out there walking, who knows what they're going to do at stop signs and are they going to park somewhere. So um depends on the type of dog as well, Wayne. You've got to be really careful about...
3: Mate, uh, I wasn't thinking about that way. I was thinking about the people, like I heard you say before, the people that leave their gates open so their dogs can just run out. Yep. And you've got your dog on a lead going past their place. Yep. And that dog comes flying out of there. Yeah. Well, obviously they own their own territory.
1: Yeah, the big thing about that, Wayne, is that the important thing in that situation is to actually freeze. The more you run, the more you yell, the more you wave your hands, the more likely it is for that dog to get excited. And so, Wayne, when when it happens, you've got to make sure that you're freezing like a post, and it's what we say to kids, if there's something happening, they want to run. And it is a strong instinct in us to want to take off. So, but it's important to um, just freeze and don't let your dog react. I remember once when I was doing a consult and we were walking out the street and we we're trying to get a, um, this dog to get used to other dogs and, and a puppy hurt, hurtled across from the other side of the road and ran around circles. It was a border collie type, ran circles around it. And this dog that normally would have gone straight for its throat just stood there frozen as did the owner because she didn't know what to do but effectively that was the right thing to do so, yeah, you've got to be very careful about um, walking that animal and looking about what's happening around you.
0: It's Pet Chat 49216216 if you'd like to be part of it. Just give us a call here. We'll get you on the radio between now and 1 o'clock. We'll offer some solutions for you and your pet. 49216216 at 2NURFM. Doing an outside broadcast last Saturday, just telling the boys, and they had the, a couple of pets there. They had a snake there and an alligator. And wow, they were saying babe. to me, how about they bring him up and put him on your shoulder? And I went, no, I'm not here. Is this
2: to the snake or to the alligator?
0: Both. Both? I don't mind. Oh, come ferrets. on, yeah. a ferrets are right, You've had
2: ferrets up and down your shirt, your yeah, pants, and everything during yeah, on there. They're
0: good there. It's quite quite <laughs> good actually. But you know, I'm not wrong, am I? Someone wants to put an alligator.
1: Everybody is different. Unpredictable. And, and, and I'm snap I'm, and take your ear off or something. else. I'm not great with reptiles, especially the um, reptile that gave me a bit of surprise. I went up to Warwick for our centenary oh. of the high school uh, up there on the weekend. And what sort of reptile was it? I'm about to tell you. Yeah, it yeah. was I was staying at Mum's place, and and so I had um, had to go to the bathroom, and so Tur- when I got up to turtle, press the button, no little green tree frog. Oh! <laughs> Once my heart started beating again, oh. being a vet, I had to retrieve it from this dangerous place and <laughs> and take it outside into the wilds. But yes. I, I'm not a huge fan of no, reptiles. No
0: alligator or snake for me. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to be No, I'm them. not a, no. Yeah. Hey, let's continue with calls. 49216216. If you'd like to give us a call, we'd like to hear from you. And we're joined now from Medford by Gail. Hello, Gail. How are you doing?
4: Good, thank you. And how are you?
1: I'm much better now, Gail. <laughs> but how can we help you today?
4: Oh, dear. That was funny what you just said. Anyway, what I want to ask you, I've got a three-year-old cat. And yep. she's an outside cat goes out every night like she comes inside and sleeps on the lounge you know during the day and then goes back outside and comes in about, about half past nine at night when i go to bed i've got i put her out and so now that she's three i mean see i feel terrible putting her out in the cold in the winter nights but see i think you know it, it
1: would, um the difficulty girl with with cats outside at night is that um They may or may not be good hunters, so that's pretty dangerous for native wildlife. The other thing is that if there's roaming cats around, tomcats, and there has been in the last week or two, I've been getting quite a few calls about people having problems with house soiling and the cat not using the litter and weeing and pooing all over the house. They they smell all of the other cats outside. They mark their territory, but it's inside on people's beds or on their fruit bowl, usually near doors or windows. So really, it's best to keep cats inside, if you can, 100%. If you keep a cat inside for the whole of its life, it doubles its lifespan. If if they're outside, they can pick up a tick, they can get hit by a car, snake, they can get into a fight. The fights, with another cat, they can actually get AIDS or leukemia, that is a virus transmissible between cats, not to people that we know of at this point in time. And so outside, it really is a dangerous place. Some cats actually like to go out around dawn or dusk. And that's when you, when you think about it, you've got all of the night animals coming home and all the day animals heading out. So they actually get double the number of animals or birds that they might be able to catch. So the problem with keeping a cat inside is that you have to give it lots of fun stuff to play with. So yeah, dangling things, play um, just with little bits of string with a teddy bear on the end of it. Um, hidey holes in cardboard boxes, put a little bit of food around the, the area so they have to wander around and look. But compared to outside, it's just not near as exciting. But they certainly can be in great danger out there.
0: We're saying good afternoon today and joining us, waiting patiently at Raymond Terrace, is Daphne. Hello, Daphne. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks.
1: How can we help you today? Um,
4: look, we have a, a dog who continually eating paper.
1: What sort of paper? Expensive or, or just normal paper?
4: Last night it was our grandson's homework.
1: Oh, really? Oh, that's a good excuse for the grandson. <laughs> Did the grandson take it in and say, my dog ate the homework? Yes. And,
4: uh, she just seems to tear it up and eat it.
1: And uh, she has lots of other toys?
4: Well, she does this in the middle of the night.
1: Ah, uh, okay. An that... old dog. Okay, that can be, if they can, like us, a little bit of Alzheimer type thing, they can actually sort of have a thing called PICA, which is where they develop an obsessive-compulsive tendency to, to chew just strange things like plastic or stones, paper. It may be that, yeah, I guess it's, it helps you to remember not to leave stuff lying around. But, yeah,
4: but she can take them up coffee tables.
1: Ah, uh, uh, so she's, sexy.
4: She's looking for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, that can be sometimes, yeah, uh, just a habit, or it can actually be a sort of a vitamin deficiency. Right. Is is she she's on a
4: medication? She's on ammenilin.
1: Oh, okay. And... For a heart, yeah. yeah, yep. That wouldn't be related to that, but it's oh, very important sure. for her to be on an old dog diet, so that yeah, she's, she's actually an old dog. Yep. So she gets a senior diet, so it's got all of the appropriate vitamins and minerals for an older dog.
4: Yeah, I mixed a few different. one's
1: up. Good and that means that as we get older our bowel and our blood supply isn't quite as good so that helps with that. But yeah um, try and distract her with other things. How old is she?
4: Um, I think she'd have to be 14. She's a Jack Russell
1: foxy cross. Okay so with that Jack Russell background as well, terrier, they just love to play, they love to chase, they love to hunt. As she's getting older it's sort of the brain pattern is just a bit haywire. So it's chewing up the paper. So um, try and maybe confine her. The problem with that is that if she's getting old, she may get very distressed if she's never been confined in her life. But yeah, add a bit of extra bedding. So she's got other things to, to nestle into. Um, and see if um, those things help. But certainly it sounds like it might be good to take it down to the vet because they can get um, constipated from too much paper clogging up the old bowel too.
0: Thank you very much for your call, Daphne. It's Pet Chat 49216216. I've just showed Denny a, a picture there. How big is that pussy? What do you think
1: of that one there, Denny?
2: D- this is an 18-kilogram cat. 18 Have you kilogram. Seen
1: I, I saw the picture in the, in the telly this morning. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: Like, um, but it's unfortunately passed away. Yeah, because that's got to be obesity, morbidly obese. Morbidly it, obese it, it, for a cat. When you think
1: about, it, there's just so much fat around in every single organ system. There's poor cat that was owned by a pensioner, um, rescued by a rescue organisation, and they were trying to slowly get it to lose weight. The problem with sudden weight loss kilos. is that you can actually cause much more damage. The liver can just mm. yeah uh, fry in that. So it's talking about that.
2: Um, I was at a pet conference last week, Dave, uh, and they mentioned that. About thirty percent, roughly around the same, thirty percent of dogs and thirty percent of cats are overweight. Uh, and the statistics, though, in in the what we sell for, for overweight food, in terms of your your weight loss formulas for cat weight loss for dog, we only sell fourteen percent. As, as a market total So there's quite a lot of cats and dogs Who are overweight who are not being fed A weight loss formula to help reduce The weight
0: Is this Dr Bob from uh, dogs or cats That are left with food to graze all day Do you think that's the uh, Sometimes
1: the it can be and, and usually I say to people It's better to put it down for 5 or 10 minutes 3 times a day As we are saying with the other dog before Just oh, Sorry the cat just hide a bit Around the house so they actually have to go and work For that food um, there's also medical conditions that cause that, that they just have to, when they see food, they have to eat it. So, um, but yeah, it really gets back to how we keep our weight off as well. Appropriate exercise, appropriate diet, um, and yeah. And we were
2: talking about uh, having cats indoors, indoor cats. When you do have an indoor cat, because they don't get to go outside as much, you do need to be aware of feeding them an indoor formula, which is a lower calorie intake because they don't... use that energy up yeah they're not yeah. watching
1: and observing watching birds mm. and other animals around and watching grasshoppers and just yeah just so ready to pounce although at that size at 18 kilos there's not going to be no, much pouncing not a lot of
0: pouncing going on there now 7 to 1 it's Pet Chat 49216216 Helen joins us now from Bonnells Bay
3: oh good afternoon Dr Bob
0: how are you
1: Helen
3: I'm fine thanks look I have a little uh, um, terrier crossed with God knows what I've had her for about three years um, Now, my vet, former vet, did say that uh, it's okay to give dogs a bit of cheese. Um, she also has uh, cooked veggies and half a tin of that my dog a day. Yep. Uh, now, uh, I just wondered how much cheese are they supposed to have because she'd eat it every day if I'd give it to her.
1: Sometimes in training we use a bit of cheese or cabanossi. The problem with those things is they are a bit fatty, but they're certainly yeah. something a bit different, so they are very rewarding for the dogs, and dogs are keen to train for those things. Well, like, I,
3: generally, uh, I generally give her, or perhaps a couple of times a week, I give her some dry biscuits for breakfast. Yep, um, and I generally put, when I do give it to her, I'd say she'd probably get about a teaspoon full of grated cheese.
1: No problems, yeah. The big thing with all these things, avocado, grapes, onion, chocolate, um, cheese, and I've forgotten one, macadamia nuts, are the ones that you really you want to stay away from. Only give them a very small amount and not too much because they can actually be toxic. The grape affects the kidneys. Macadamia, they found liver problems and toxicity from that. So I guess it's the same as us. A good varied diet is the best way to go. You have your 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 base diet of the the formulated food that. You know, make sure they're getting all the appropriate vitamins and minerals and, and Danny, there's so many different age things for that as well. So the puppy and the older animal and the yes. working dog, the the as we said, the sedentary cat inside.
2: Remember how there used to be so much variety of milks?
1: Yes. Used think, oh my, which one
2: do I do? it's the same with pet food. <laughs> smoggers board, big born. variety smoggers board to fit every sort
1: of animal. Yeah. And so little tit bits of cheese are fine. That's okay, Helen.
0: Okay Helen, thank you for that. 49216216 Pet Chat here at 2NURFM and 103.7. We're here right through until one o'clock today. Dr. Bob, there you are. Now Danny Boz is going to have a chat to us about some events that are coming up in town.
2: Look, we've got some big shows happening at the Hillsborough Dog Showgrounds, Friday afternoon, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Dave. So we've got four different types of clubs. There's the Newcastle Northern District Kennel Club, the Hunter Valley Hound Club, Newcastle Toy Terrier Club and the Northern Gun Dog Society of New South Wales, are all holding holding their respective shows. So ideal place to go and have a look at all the different breeds of dogs. And if you're interested in a particular breed, now's the time to go and talk to a breeder
1: about it. Chat to the breeder, find Mm. out what they're like and how they go.
0: We've got a minute to go. One more quick call. Carol's with us now from Taro. Hello, Carol.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: Just a quick call. What would you like to ask Dr. Bob? I've
4: got a golden retriever. He's 12. The moment he's got pancreatitis.
0: Yep.
3: Is on antibiotics and medication and everything. What should I give him once he's on potatoes, um, rice and chicken? So what should I give him
4: after a week and everything? What's the best senior's diet?
1: The best thing about uh, is with pancreatitis is you've got to reduce the fat content. So the antibiotics and things, but it is something that they are they can get back again. So you've got to be very careful and lots of vegetables. Your vet can help you with the particular details. But, yeah, no fatty things ever again because as they're getting older, the body just is not going to be as able to recuperate from such a stress.
0: Okay, thank you for your call, Carol. We've got Susan waiting on the line from Valentine. We've run out of time, Susan, but hold there because we'll get uh, Dr. Bob to have a chat to you off the air. So please hold there. We'll come to you in a moment. I want to thank you two gentlemen for your time today. We're back again next week. Thank you, Dave. Dr. Bob back in a few weeks' time and Denny Boz back with me next week here at 2NURFM for Pet Chat from midday.